This is a podcast from BFM 89.9, the business station. BFM 89.9, the business station. Good morning, I'm Richard Bradbury and welcome to the all-new Resource Centre. It's your one-stop shop for insights and strategies to help build and grow your business. The e-commerce landscape is rapidly transforming, driven by technological advancements and changing consumer behaviour. So in this dynamic environment, market intelligence has emerged as a critical tool for businesses. It enables organizations to understand market trends, consumer preferences, and competitive dynamics, thereby enabling strategic decision-making. Essentially, it can help, in a way, read consumers' minds, I guess. Now, with this rise of data analytics, Companies can now leverage real-time insights to optimize their online presence, enhance customer experiences, and anticipate market shifts. And speaking with us today on the shift towards more data-driven approaches in e-commerce and the importance of market intelligence in navigating the complexities of digital commerce is Annie Yao, the Head of Growth for Market Intelligence Division at Flywheel. Hi, Annie. How are you? Not too bad. Thanks for having me, Richard. And pleasure speaking to everyone. It's my pleasure having you here. Would you say I'm about right in that introduction there then? Yeah, it sounds as good as it gets. Okay. Now, <laughs> just as we start, give me a little bit of a, I guess, background on Flywheel. Um, what do you guys do and what would you say is your expertise? Absolutely, I would love to. Um, so Flywheel or Flywheel Digital, that's the full name, um, is one of the global leading digital commerce um, solution partner. Our key services cover primarily three areas. So first and foremost is omni-channel, end-to-end um, commerce management or um, store management. Mm. That is very much about managing your presence online or marketplaces like Shopee, Lazada, Tokopedia, etc. Secondly, it's the media management, which is very much about managing your spending from a media perspective on um, platforms that Shopee and Lazada, but also off platforms that Shopee, um, sorry, Facebook, Google, and et cetera. Last but not least is a part that I'm responsible for, which is about market intelligence. Um, mm-hmm. Like what you mentioned in the introduction, it's very much about empowering brands to make um, data-driven insights all three areas are powered by advanced, um, advanced in-house technology. So that's um, just our company in a nutshell. Okay, then. Uh, you talked there about empowering businesses uh, with market intelligence. How exactly does that work? And how can you enable these companies to navigate this digital commerce landscape? Um, I would say that compared to probably the offline world, um, the digital commerce landscape uh, is quite blessed with a lot of collectible data, and that is what our business is very much very much focusing on. Um, theoretically, um, brands can cover and quantify the entire shopper journey from you know, driving awareness to the intent to identifying the purchases made and also the repeats that's made. So there are plenty of tools ready available either provided by platforms or partners like us to enable brands to really navigate to a point, the very complex digital um, commerce landscape. Mm-hmm. In terms of what we do, um, this is a very broad topic, but I'll try to simplify it. 
Um, I would say first and foremost is to enable brands to make strategic bets in terms of the platforms and categories that they should get into by providing um, sizing information so that they understand what they call the size of price, right? How big is opportunity out there? What is the potential um, ROI if I gather, say, for example, 2% of the market share? So that is one area which is very much about um, identifying the directions that brands should be heading into. Secondly, um, it's about identifying the landscape um, from a competitor intelligence perspective, right? Once you decided that, okay, say for example, today I'm going to enter um, the Malaysia um, digital commerce landscape um, in skincare as a category. You wanted to know who is winning and leading the category, what are the products is trending, what are the attributes consumers are buying into reports about reading the consumer's minds, mm. uh, that areas of, um, I suppose, decision making. Um, and last but not least, it's also about um, reading proof what we call the operational efficiency or achieve what we say um, operational excellence when it comes to e-commerce management, um, including you know, enhancing product visibility, um, optimizing uh, conversion, etc. Because ultimately, um, e-commerce management can be very, very granular. Although yeah. it can be quantified, it's also hard to achieve operational excellence. So that's what mm. we um, support brands with as well. You, you answered about four questions in one there for me. Yeah. Now, when you were talking, back to point one you were talking about, this idea yeah. of um, decision-making processes, and, and or, sorry, if efficiency. So I'm guessing... One of the ways in which you do things, and if I, correct me if I'm wrong, is, is that you are looking at the ways, not only in the way in which the consumer is deciding on what they are buying, but when they're kind of hovering over potential products that they might want to buy. And that's the kind of data that you can then pass on to your clients. Would that be correct? Um, or rather, what are the products that consumers have been exposed to? Because up front, we don't have a camera in front of consumers and monitor. Despite what other people might think, right? <laughs> sure. <laughs> Despite what other people might think. There might be providers out there, but not us. <laughs> but what certainly we can track for brands or um, inform the brands on would be what are consumers being exposed to um, at any point in time. Say, for example, um, Richard, if you were to search for um, men's um, cleansing products, when you type cleansing form, what other products has been exposed or introduced to you. So that's what we measure for brands. Interesting. Okay. You, you've answered a bunch of questions for me there already. I think it's it's the ideal time to take a short break. Folks, uh, you are listening to Resource Center. It is your one-stop shop for insights and strategies to help build and grow your business. We are discussing the shift towards more data-driven approaches in e-commerce and the importance of market intelligence in navigating the complexities of digital commerce. I'm speaking with Annie Yao, the head of growth for market intelligence division at Flywheel Digital. I'm Rich Bradbury. We'll be back after a few messages. Do keep it here on BFM 89.9, The Business Station. Budding Fresh Ministers, BFM 89.9, The Business Station. BFM 89.9, The Business Station. Welcome back to Resource Center. As I said before, it is your one-stop shop for insights and strategies to help build and grow your business. Of course, I am Rich Bradbury. 
Today, we're discussing the shift towards uh, more data-driven approaches in e-commerce and the importance of market intelligence in navigating the complexities of digital commerce. I'm speaking with Annie Yao, the Head of Growth for Market Intelligence Division at Flywheel Digital. If you want to send us a message, you can get us on our U-Mobile WhatsApp number. That is 018-789-8899. We are on X, of course, at BFM Radio. Annie, thanks for sticking around, and I'm glad I've not scared you off uh, this morning. Now, let's talk a little bit about how businesses can accurately leverage this market intelligence data to anticipate and prepare for fluctuations in stock availability. And let's, you know, when we're looking at stuff like 1111, 8-8, 12-12, 1-1, 5-5, 2-2, 3-8, you know all the ones I'm talking about, right? Yeah. Yeah. How do, they, how do they use that data to help predict them? Because they, I'm sure they already know that at these points, they already have to have quite a bit of stock but you don't want to overstock and you don't want to understock. Yes, absolutely. Um, to your point, I think gathering the right market intelligence is very crucial to make sure that you have the right amount of stock um, for the upcoming mega campaign. Although it's always hard to make a precise prediction of the exact stock that you have to, you need to prepare. Having said that, in most of the case, um, we've seen that brands are referring to sales performance um, at URL or SKU level for the previous mega campaigns of the year. Say, for example, if you are preparing for 11.11, have a look at the best-selling products in 6.688, etc. Or the same mega campaign last year. Say, for example, last year, 11.11, because that might be nuances. Um, usually what we see is bigger, I- bigger ticket items are uh, selling better uh, during, for example, 11.11, the biggest mega campaign for the year. So do have a look at what's happening last year as well to make mm. sure that you have enough stock um, for the mega sales uh, periods. Mm. Um, however, um, actually a lot of times the internal data should be enough for you to make um, certain predictions. A lot of times where we see the challenges are is the lack of um syndication across the different uh, order systems. So that's when you should also be upgrading your order management system so that you have the better data points to make predictions. Uh, sorry for getting into more technical parts of the different no, systems I, that we have. I, 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 sure. Please do get a little bit more technical. Explain to me what you mean by that. So you, you're, you're telling me that, no, no, I'd rather you explain it. Sure. Um, a lot of times what's happening is in the back end of the um, platform, you certainly can see the transactions happening on that platform. But because brands um, might be having um, all the management partner or warehousing partner, they have the software that syndicates uh, all those stock movements across different uh, platforms. That's where sometimes we see issues when it comes to syncing the stock performance. So you yeah. might be with the assumption that you are out of stock on certain platform, but it might just be a syncing um, error or issue. Um, mm. So that's when you also should look into the order management system to make sure that um, you are configured in the right way or you are using the right system. Okay. Are there any um, trends that you're seeing kind of emerging right now in, in this space uh, that, that's kind of influencing the e-commerce industry in uh, Asia Pac? Uh, and, and how does that, uh, and, and if you are, are there similarities to what's happening here in Malaysia? Well, uh, Plenty, I would say, um, because especially now with the latest um, technology, um, especially um, the AI-related technology, um, we're seeing a lot of movements that's 
transforming, I would say, our market intelligence as a solution for brands to assist in decision making in digital problems. Um, first and foremost, uh, previously, when it comes to reading the text or conducting sentiment analysis, we had to build a small language model for our natural mm. language processing to make sense of what people are saying about products online. But now we can tap into the large language model, either by ChatGPT or some of their competitors, to have a much better read on consumer sentiments and a lot faster and cheaper as well. So mm. that is just one area of it. And we, do, um, look into, we are looking into tapping on those technology to transform on other areas as well, such as better tap for that space or benefits, et cetera. So that is one area that I would say that we should keep a very uh, close eye on to make sure that we are on top of, obviously, uh, technology, mm. um, the evolution. Um, secondly, uh, what we are doing internally at the moment is to further integrate what we call front-end information, so information that are collected, basically, from publicly available sources, such as you know, all the um, product detail page, all the search results, et cetera, to fully integrate it with the backend. Um, because what's happening is platforms like Shopee and Lazada are also providing a lot of very important data points for brands to tap on in the backend, in the seller mm-hmm. center or vendor central, et cetera. So what we are trying to do is to connect the dots between the front end, what, which represents what consumers are seeing, also the backend, which represents a lot of times important metrics like traffic, for example, to make sure that um, brands can connect the dots um, between what consumers are seeing and then what eventually um, convert it to have a better and more informed um, decision-making process. Mm-hmm. Um, but ultimately, uh, I've been in the industry for over 10 years. I think over the 10 years, the biggest change I've seen is brands are demanding more actionable insights. Uh, in the past, you know, insights is just PowerPoint slides with <laughs> beautiful looking charts and, and graphs, but it's no longer the case. Now, the brands are demanding us to land with very actionable recommendation. As if when I look at this chart or you know, this table, what actions should I be taking today? I think that's the most important uh, direction that the industry is heading and also the direction that we are heading towards or we are requiring our internal or customer success partners to do. So that, I would say, are some of the trends that um, I think are transforming the industry. Um, and that's certainly also happening in, in Malaysia. Um, I would say all three of them. Mm. Those actionable points that you kind of refer to then, um, is that something that previously the client would have kind of determined uh, rather than somebody like Flywheel offering. I mean, you, you know, you could probably offer suggestions, I'm guessing, in the past, and the client would have said yes or no. But now, are they kind of leveraging more on you guys to make that decision on their behalf? Mm, I'm saying the process has always been co-building, as in we certainly would provide our recommendations because, to be honest, we've seen more. Right? Yeah. We work with clients across yeah. industry, across category, across markets. So we have a lot of summary about the best practices, whereas cons- clients or you know the, the brands, they know their business a lot better than yeah. we do. They know what other information that's lacking, you know, what are the barriers for them to make certain changes. So that's why we always facilitate like the whole building process to make mm-hmm. sure that 
uh, we are telling them what we know and, you know, hopefully open their minds in terms of how things can be done. And they should let us know what are the barriers that they'd like to overcome. Yeah, yeah. Okay. And um, just before we, we go into another short break here, Annie, um, when we talk about the market intelligence tools that are available, um, I'm guessing, you know, that there might be a, a, a kind of multi-tool toolbox, I'm guessing, so for some people or, or, and for some brands. So it might be almost like a, a white label product. You know, when they first join, you, you get this amount of tools. But then, of course, they become granular as the companies change. Um, ha, ha, does it differ from the tools that you offer here in Malaysia compared to Southeast Asia, compared to places like Singapore or Indonesia or, or, or Thailand even? Uh, I would say not necessarily the tool itself, but rather the context that we are analyzing. Right, The yeah. tool itself fundamentally um, follows certain framework, depends on what are the issues brands are looking to, to resolve. You know, is it about uh, which industry or which category should you be entering or is it about, about which platform should you be getting on or is it about how to you know increase your operational efficiency which is what we talked about earlier so yeah. the fundamental principles are the same but of course when it comes to the market nuances uh, it's very very important to to cater to the landscape just as an example of skincare in Malaysia will be completely different from the landscape of skincare in Singapore. We'll be looking at a very different set of brands. We'll be looking at probably a different price tier or the proportion of the price tier in the total category, et cetera. So mm-hmm. those are the areas that um, brands should keep in mind when comparing the different markets because ultimately Southeast Asia is often referred to as a region, but it's a region comprises of 14 markets. And yeah. of course, when it comes to digital commerce, we talk about, we talk about primarily the six of them. Mm. Um, and secondly, um, as you know, that those megas campaigns do matter uh, for brands to drive the e-commerce sales. So and a lot of that certainly are also related to the festivities, the various festivities in each of the markets. So have you know, that understanding of the culture, having that understanding of, of the consumers and how they associate their shopping behavior with the culture and festivities are also extremely crucial. That is why my recommendation for brands would be if you were to engage any partner, um, of course, engage a regional one if you would like to manage more than one market. But also make sure that the regional vendor or player that you are engaging have an extensive local um, team that understand the market and can provide more related uh, suggestions mm. when it comes mm. to managing that particular market. Because you, you don't want to miss one tiny fundamental detail that you may have overlooked because you're not from that particular place. And it could be something very important. Totally. Right. Okay. Um, Let's take another short break and we've just got a few more questions before we wrap up today. Folks, uh, you're listening to Resource Center. This is your one-stop shop for insights and strategies to help build and grow your business. We're discussing the shift towards more data-driven approaches in e-commerce and the importance of market intelligence in navigating these complexities of digital commerce. I'm speaking with Annie Yao. She's the Head of Growth for Market Intelligence Division at Flywheel Digital. I'm Rich Bradbury. We'll be back after a few messages. Keep it here to BFM 89.9, The Business Station. Burning for more. BFM 89.9, The Business Station. BFM 89.9, The Business Station. Welcome back to Resource Center. It is your one-stop shop for insights and strategies to help build and grow your business. I am Rich Bradbury. 
Now, today on Resource Center, we're discussing the shift towards more data-driven approaches in e-commerce and the importance of market intelligence in navigating these often complex, uh, the complex world of digital commerce. I am still speaking with Annie Yao. She is still the head of growth and market intelligence division at Flywheel Digital. Annie, what would you say is the significance of omni-channel strategies uh, in achieving this uh, digital commerce success? And how does market intelligence, I guess, support these particular strategies? Uh, this is a very good question. Um, and it's also a very broad topic um, because omnichannel can be looked at in, in various ways. But ultimately, it's certainly crucial, I would say, for brands to be successful in digital commerce mm. um, as brands are trying to, what they call seamlessly, you know, integrate various channels online to offline um, so that consumers ultimately can have a unified um, shopping experiences. Um, the importance of it, I, w- I, w- I say, would be, it's, I think, very crucial for brands to understand that. Today, when we look at only channel, especially when we look at one specific channel, let's just use Watson as an example, right? Yeah. A consumer might be browsing products on watsons.com but might eventually be visiting a Watson's offline store and make that purchase uh, because they happen to be, you know, meeting friends in, in one of the shopping malls where, you know, Watson's also um, present. Um, that is actually one consumer, although you might be capturing different data points. There's um, browsing behavior online and also their um, browsing behavior and buying behavior offline. It is very important, I think, ultimately for brands to capture that actually all those actions are related to one uh, consumer so that they have a more kind of integrated understand, understanding of, of that particular consumer and know how to better service or, or mm. help them to make their life better. Mm. Um, brands are, oh, sorry, uh, marketplaces or retailers like Watson, um, which are already quite omni-channel or uh, in power with all those different tech infrastructure I would say, are uh, able to provide that kind of insights. But we see a lot of challenges actually these days when it comes to cross-channels uh, or cross-retailers. Say, for example, right, today one consumer might have um, discovered a product on TikTok, um, but then eventually make a purchase uh, in-store, again, in Watson's or maybe in Guardian's. But at the moment, those data points are actually disconnected, right? TikTok will never share those data points with with what sense and what sense are not able to link that purchase with a consumer's shopping or browsing mm. behavior on TikTok. So that remains to be a challenge, I would say, ultimately for brands to achieve like a more omni-channel view of consumers' behavior and then uncover more opportunity from, from there. Um, we are support brands in certain areas of it, but still um, there are a lot of war gardens, that's how we call it, that we are unable to uh, connect all the dots together, but it's mm. important to be solved for sure. That issue with, with uh, TikTok and TikTok shop is something I want to pick up on as I've our final question. So no. you've kind of almost beat me to the punch there. Um, but before we get there, th- this idea of um, real-time data uh, uh, analytics, I guess, how does that affect end-to-end store operations and, and, and them kind of executing brand strategy? Because we, we know that, you know, when we talk about brick, brick and mortar stores, having to kind of reshelve everything at the touch of a hat, at the touch of a button, rather. How does it affect it when they're, they're looking at data strategy that's real time? Are they able to pivot just as much? Do they have, like, I, I guess, um, products that are ready to go 
very quickly and in the back end for a lot of these e-commerce stores? Mm. Uh, at the moment, uh, we see a lot of behaviors or changes are probably still not empowered by real time. Because to your point, right, after you receive a set of data or after you observe certain data points, mm. you still need time to react to it and make certain changes. And by the time you finish making all the changes, it, the landscape or um, the dynamics might have changed again. Or, or the trend may have gone. Exactly. So uh, I think the biggest change at the moment is a lot of automation hasn't been achieved yet. So there's always a gap, if not a significant gap, between Mm. when you make certain observation and when you take certain action. Mm. So I would say ultimately, yeah, if a lot of automation has been empowered by especially the platform, uh, it will be more real time. You know, not just the data point collections, but also making changes to 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 collaboratively uh, build a very dynamic shopping experiences, mm-hmm. but not at the moment yet. However, we certainly are shortening, uh, not just ourselves, but also you know, platforms are shortening the data reporting frequency so brands can make more up-to-date changes. <laughs> Probably not real-time yet, more up-to-date when, changes. When you, when you say um, brands are making, are we talking about potentially down the road, two, three years' time, where these dynamic shifts are being made entirely by something not human, perhaps, but with a human overseer? Potentially. Um, But again, this is a very interesting question, and sometimes it also makes you wonder what the future might be. But in any competitive landscape, if you want it to outperform, I think it can still not be completely replaced by machines. Yeah. Because machines follow certain algorithm that your machine probably does the same way as mine. So yeah. no one can really outperform another if yeah. we all yeah. follow machine's instruction. So I think there's still a human element in it in the way that if you were to you know, compete with someone, you still probably need to um, uh, not completely relying on machines. Okay, thank you for that. Now, final question. Um, you kind of touched on it before where there are certain platforms, of course, within e-commerce that don't share data uh, with outside data uh, collection companies or, or, or whatever. Um, and I, this, I guess, is is one of the common challenges that is faced by e-commerce sellers. Or, and, but can we talk about, just before we wrap up, some of the bigger, more potential challenges and, and how can market intelligence solutions address some of these challenges, do you think? Mm-hmm. Well, if you're talking about the bigger challenges or probably at the moment the biggest again just from my perspective I would say would be profitability um it is certainly one of the terms that's being discussed more and more in the digital commerce space and also because you know the current economy yeah um, circumstances um and just overall the again people are back um, offline right our brands and platforms as well are facing a lot of uh, challenges when it comes to profitability. Um, and what we're seeing is uh, platforms are certainly raising their take rates as in the management fee um, for uh, for sellers to sell on the platforms um, so that they have also better uh, financial reports they can present back to investors and shareholders. Um, for sellers, if you today, either brand or individual seller, are operating your store on those um, e-commerce platforms that's increasing their take rate, um, I would say that um, you probably need to have a more precise or have finer management of the investments that you are making on those platforms to make sure that you 
optimize the ROI of every single mm. dollar that you are spending. Mm. Um, and that could mean, for example, have a better visibility in terms of your stock, have a better visibility in terms of your shelf search, you know, how many people are seeing your products. Are you, are they seeing the products of the right keywords that you like to outperform, et cetera. And mm. in the meantime, also look beyond your current portfolio um, to make sure that you are keep you keep growing your overall revenue um, by optimizing um, what products you are selling um, online, by looking into what adjacent um, categories or by looking into the key competitors and see what they are doing or looking into some of the potentially more advanced and dynamic markets, like for example, China, to see what's trending or e-commerce, et cetera, to mm-hmm. make sure that you are always competitive also from a portfolio perspective. So mm-hmm. that would be... Uh, my piece of advice for for um for sellers and brands if they are facing profitability challenges. Uh, but of course, if we were to provide more detailed recommendations, we probably do need to dive a bit deeper into the operation or challenges that they're facing based on historical performance, um to to provide that. Um, but that would be what I would say the biggest challenge at the moment. Lovely, Annie. Thank you so much for your time today. Thanks very much for having me. It was an absolute pleasure. Folks, I've just been speaking with Annie Yao, the Head of Growth for Market Intelligence Division at Flywheel Digital. You've been listening to the all-new Resource Center, your one-stop shop for insights and strategies to help build and grow your business. If you missed any part of our conversation, you can catch the podcast on our website at bfm.my or download the BFM app. You can also find our shows on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and other podcast players. Just search for Resource Center. Looking ahead, we've got the 12 o'clock news bulletin, and then it's the all-new Enterprise Explores. That's the show where we help you navigate the ever-changing universe of business from the headlines to the bottom line. I'm Rich Bradbury. Keep it here on BFM 89.9, The Business Station. You have been listening to a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. For more stories of the same kind, download the BFM app.